From now on, you will be catching men. Luke chapter 5, verse 10. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. I think when we hear this gospel passage and seek to uh, bring it into our own lives, we enter the passage, as it were, through the wrong door. That There's sort of this immediate leap to, okay, the, to the end bit, when... Peter's commission to catch men, and we think, okay, yes, the mission of evangelism. And I think we miss, actually, the sweetest part of this, this story, which, of course, is a narration of an event, but was written in scriptures for our edification for all time, which is that we aren't first the fishermen, we're first the fishes. That's the comfort of this gospel passage, that each one of us, the fact that you are here today in church means that The apostolic preaching, Peter casting out his net, the message that Jesus died for you and has reconciled you to God the Father with his own life and has been raised from the dead. And if there was any uncertainty about his having been raised, we heard from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians where he catalogs the list of witnesses and events that witnessed his resurrection. Right, Over 500 witnesses on six different occasions, which if we add up also the appearances to the women at the tomb in the Gospels, it's at least 11 different appearances um, to over 500 different witnesses who all saw Jesus as raised. And I don't don't know the first thing about law, but I assume in a court of law that would be establishable as pretty meaningful evidence that this really happened, as indeed we trust it really did happen as Christians. So this net of apostolic preaching, we are the fishes, you are the fishes, we have been caught and pulled out of our natural environment. Right? Fishes are naturally in the water. And according to nature, we are naturally in our sins. And we've been pulled out of that sort of the murky depths and brought into the dry boat by the fishermen. We've been pulled into the church. The church is often likened to an ark, a boat. And I think it's also significant, one of the details that caught me in the passage as I reflected on it for this Sunday is some of the unnamed figures in the, gospel, in the passage, that there's these plurals like, oh, and then they pulled it in. But it's like, well, who's the they? There must have been other people in Peter's boat, his fellow employees, fishermen. It seems like Andrew is one of them from the other gospel accounts. Um, and, but there's others besides. And, and they, there's so many fish. Did you catch that they had to call James and John from the shore? Well, help us pull it all in. And I think this is a map so... Um, profoundly onto the way in which we are converted to Christ, right? There's often one person who presents the message and, and then another who sort of um, helps apply it to your life and another who models Christianity in a profound way. Each of these are so many fishermen pulling you into the boat of the church. And here you are, fishers who've been caught by the Lord. It's meaningful too that it was at Christ's command that the fishermen were preaching, that it was God's own call through his preachers the preachers in the scriptures, the preachers in the church that's alive, that we've been called. It also strikes me that um, something which I think would have been viscerally intuitive to the first century hearers of the gospel is that when a fish is brought into a boat by a net, it dies. The fish dies when it gets into the boat. And this isn't like some blooper in the in the allegory, some, some mistake in the picture, it actually maps exactly onto the picture of us being caught, right? That's the 
theme throughout the New Testament as it explains how, what is happening when you hear the gospel and believe it and cling to Jesus by faith and are baptized. It says in Romans, you're baptized into his death. And Paul would go on to say in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. That's really strong language. It means that as Christians who are in the boat, there is, it, is, it is true to save you that, you, in a way, you are already dead. The part of you that would live merely for fleshly things, the part of you that would be controlled by sin and ultimately ending in death, eternal death, that part has been crucified with Christ. And so the fish does die when it comes in the boat. Right? There's our, our sin nature, our old man, our old nature has been crucified with Christ when we got brought into the boat by the apostolic nets. The, um, one of the church fathers uh, named Tertullian in the second century, um, he has this line I just love. He calls Christians this. He says, We little fishes, after the example of our ichthus, ichthus is the Greek word for fish. That's why we have that fish symbol on the it's not as popular these days, I feel like, but you still see it like on Jim Bob's, the sign or whatever, the fish. Um, because the word fish in Greek is ichthus, and it was a very early um, monot- sort of acronym in the early church. The letters of the word ichthus, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. And so it was kind of this neat, kind of coded way of speaking about Christ. Um, in fact, when early Christians would meet each other in the marketplace, when persecutions were present at the edict of the emperors, um, they would draw a fish symbol in the, sand, in the ground with their foot. And the other person would go, ah, a Christian too. And, you, and then they would trace a fish symbol. And it was kind of this coded way of saying, yeah, I also worship Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior. Um, but if we say that out loud right now, we're going to get lynched. We little fishes, after the example of our ichthus, Jesus Christ, are born in water. A reference to baptism. So the, the chief part of the good news of today's gospel is that you've been caught, <laughs> thanks be to God, by probably multiple hands of fishermen, and here you are in the ark of the church by his great mercy. Then we come to the second part of the gospel, the co-laboring with the fishermen. Right? And here's where sort of the metaphors kind of lead into each other in the scripture. The message of God of what he's done for us is so profound, it takes sort of all these layers of pictures and metaphors to bring out even the first part of its truth. So then we participate in the, the fishing mission. And I want to actually sort of mentally focus on the unnamed people who are in the boat with Peter also pulling in the fish. Right? Peter kind of gets the credit because he's, you know, Jesus said, go fish, and he throws in the net and he's named in the gospel. But clearly there's other people in his boat. So there's this collaborative... The fishing mission is a collaborative work with many hands. And so, while preachers on Sunday mornings are preaching, while Christian books are preaching, while the scriptures are preaching, and preaching is happening, and that is a part of the fishing mission, that's the casting of the net, it takes many hands to bring the net into the boat. And that we all participate in the fishing mission. When you pray for a soul who has wandered away from the Lord, that's just one more tug on the net. When you consciously seek to model obedience to Christ in a difficult situation for someone around you, that's just tugging on the net a little bit more, pulling other fishes into the net. 
when you submit the way you speak about things to the way God has said to speak about them with love and gentleness and not judging and not gossiping, things which are incredibly difficult for the tongue and other people hear it and it sounds different, you're pulling in the net just that little bit more. And um, it is, I don't want to sort of um, make too strong a distinction in the division of labor. It is the case that God invites all Christians to bear verbal witness to the gospel. It's not just the preachers. Well, because someone preached on Sunday, you know, I don't have to say anything. I am, um, a number of you know, I'm, I'm not crazy about that uh, mantra that goes around as people say, I'll preach the gospel all times, if necessary, use words. It's probably backwards. It's probably preach the gospel all times, if necessary, use actions. It's probably more accurate to the New Testament. But here I want to say that I felt like I, when I first truth of this gospel passage was first explained to me, I sort of felt this uh, heavy, stressful burden of like, oh, I've got to be preaching, I've got to be testifying to the gospel of my words all the time. And I think it, that what was missing was that when Peter was just fishing on his own, he caught nothing. When Jesus said, hey, go fish again now, then he caught the huge haul of fish. And this maps on to when it says in the Psalms, um, unless the Lord builds the house, picture of the church, the laborers labor in vain. So the thing to do is not to be just sort of laboring under this angst of, oh, when should I be preaching the gospel? But to just, in your part of your morning prayers, Lord, bless my family, Lord, please guide my steps today. Lord, if there's a chance to speak about you, please give me eyes to see it, and then just wait and see what happens. And some days there might not be a chance, and some days there might be. But having participated in prayer and, and sort of asked God for his direction in that, then there'll be a much more peaceful and joyful sense of, ah, God, I think, is sort of su- nudging me, suggesting me to speak to this person. And then to joyfully do it. And say, you know, I, I do this differently because in obedience to God, he's told us that this is the way of life, to trust in his son and to walk in his ways. You know, and there, then there's a chance to cast the net as one who is on mission. But if you do it with a sort of listening ear to heaven, to that soft voice of the Holy Spirit, Lord, you tell me when I should throw the net out again. Um, It's much more joyful. It takes away kind of that angsty burden of, oh, I should just always be doing it on my own strength. Um, Which is not how the Christian life flourishes. Or the gospel is winsomely presented, usually. So be listening for the Lord's call. And he says, Go, cast your nets now. Have courage and and testify with your words to Jesus and thus extend the fishing net. Amen.